KRCL, 90.9 FM, HD1 in Salt Lake City, Ogden, and Provo, 96.7 FM in Park City, on the web at krcl.org. Listener-supported community radio. Support for Radioactive on KRCL comes from our sustaining members and Mark Miller Subaru. Homegrown's all right with me. Homegrown is the way it should be. Homegrown is a good thing. Plant that bell and let it ring. This is Al Dine, KRCL's Punk Rock Farmer, and this is the Punk Rock Farmer edition of Radioactive. Also in the studio, always, Laura Jones. Hey, Al. So it got a little cold overnight one of these weeks, and I had some folks post online. They had a little bit of snow. So how did your tomatoes so far? Did you get them in the ground? No, they're in the, they're in the house <laughs> <You're smart>. still. <laughs> you knew it was coming, right? Right. And then I'm hardening them off, putting them out in the sun a little bit, getting ready for the warm days. But, you know, we live in Utah, so you cannot always count on after Mother's Day (laughs) there not being some sort of a frost or a snowstorm on May 31st. I think that's going to happen. Remember a couple years ago it happened in June, like the first week in June it snowed. So, folks, stick around. We got... One of Al's buddies for the Urban Farm Report, who's been doing this a long time. Jonathan Krausert's with us, and he's the uh, you know he's he's the old sage from Rose Park, and he knows the area. He knows, he just knows. He's gonna. We're gonna. I'm excited to talk to him. We haven't had him for a couple of years. All right. So Jonathan K is coming up. Plus, Skywatcher Leo T with his many cultures one sky report. Did you hear? There's a lunar eclipse coming on Sunday night, Monday morning. Hmm. So he's got details on that, and we've got quick updates from the Utah Fungi Fest and Salt Lake City Air Protector's third annual Running as Medicine prayer run that comes into Salt Lake tomorrow. Of course, you can always check the show notes for anything we're talking about and get links to the organizations and our guests. But, Al, it's time. Yes, it's time. Um, let's get started with some fresh homegrown music. Uh, we met Master Kennedy's a couple weeks back, and uh, he came in with on Kosi Afrobeats, and yes. uh, bo- what a great band was this was. Awesome. He produces these bands. He's he's the guy behind the scenes, man, who's making these making the music. Tonight we have his reggae band, Master Kennedy, and the Energy. I love yes. it. You were walking out the door, and kind of as an afterthought, by the way, I've got a reggae dr- album that's about to drop, right? <laughs> yes, that was a little bit of the story about it. Hey, I, thank you guys for that for the opportunity to let me come back. In this place again, man. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, the the first song, uh, first time, the first song, first time. and uh, tell a little bit of the background and what it's all about, what style, t- and what, the folks you brought in. Too. It's, does it have a little DJ thing going on in there? I listened to some of them, but I don't remember the names to the music on all of them. Yeah, for that song, I want to give shout out to DJ Napo, which is why me, with me, you know, is right here with me in the studio. Hey, DJ Lillian, <laughs> say hello. That song, he hello everybody. This is DJ <laughs> Napo in the house. <laughs> yes, he's a very big part of this song, and then the song it was inspired by my wife. So it's basically the story how I met my wife and the first time I set my eyes on her, ah. and uh, you know, and I married her. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so the song was inspired by her. It's a really like true organic story behind yeah. that song. So love at first sight. <laughs> Correct. That's why it is. <laughs> from love at first sight to married. Well, we met um, back in 2013, and we got married a year after, and we've been married ever since. Now we got two kids, and it's been amazing. 
She film. must have liked the song. She loved it, yeah. <laughs> she hates it because it kind of is a really catchy song and it keeps in, you know, she keeps singing it and she's uh, like, uh-huh. hey, this song is too catchy. I, ca- I keep singing it at work and stuff like that. Any other instru- instrumentation on this one that we should know about, like special? We use the floats. It's when you listen to that song. There's a flute singing in uh-huh. It's really, really catchy. The flute inspired me to come with the hook. It's just an amazing song, man. You know, I recommend to everybody to check it out. It's on social media everywhere. You can listen to it, Master Kennedy. You know. mm, before we hit it, though, tell us who all is here with you in the studio. We met DJ Napo. I have the full band with me, my whole team. I do have DJ Napo. I have uh, my brother James in the house. James is a very, very, is the heart of this band. And um, I have Inkashi, in she's from Nigeria. And I have my ma- my other manager, he's a very, he runs a lot of business back in Africa to Utah. And I'm really excited for my team. I got my brother-in-law right there, his name is Kenyo, he's on the camera. The whole team is here in the house, man. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Very good, this is first time, fresh and homegrown. Master Kennedy and the, ener- and the energy right here on KRCL 90.9 FM. I never seen her for the first time. Girl, I set my eyes on you. Hey, I knew you gonna be my baby boo. Hey, for the first time, girl, I set my eyes on you. Hey, I know you gonna be my baby boo. Hey, when I say I love you, say you love me too. I say I want to say you want me to Anything you want, I go give you to Hey, baby When I say I love you, say you love me too I say I want to say you want me to Anything you want, I go give you to Ah, for the first time, the first time, the first time Soon as I saw you, the first time, the first time I realize them, they waste all my time, oh For the first time for the first time, for the first time, hey, sorry from the first sign, hey, from the first time, hey, sorry from the first time, ah, ah, from the first time, girl, I set my eyes on you, hey, I know you gonna be my baby boo, 
Hey, for the first time, girl, I set my eyes on you. Hey, I knew you gonna be my baby boo. Hey, from the first time, I saw you from the first time. Do they walk from the street of my highway? Hey, I wanna follow. Hey, I wanna know why everyone wanna look when you pass by. Hey. Sorry from the first time, hey. Sorry from the first time, hey. Ah. Yes, that's the first time right there. K R C L. It's many cultures, one sky. Skywatcher Leo T here as we look up, look around, and get lost in space. In the sky this weekend is a big lunar eclipse to check out. As we talked about extensively last week, a total lunar eclipse turns our moon an eerie shade of red on the night of Sunday the 15th. The full flower moon will enter Earth's shadow and evolve into a total lunar eclipse worth looking for. The visible part of the eclipse begins about 8.30 p.m. U.S. Mountain Time on May 15th. Get the lawn chair out or kick the hacky sack around the campfire. Look to the east about 8.30 as Luna rises and the Earth's shadow will be just emerging. As Luna rises, the Earth's shadow will be just emerging on the moon and then growing. And be full by about 9.30 with maximum at 10.11 and receding by 11. If you want to hear more about the eclipse, you can listen to last week's podcast posted on the Skywatcher Facebook post. Also in the night sky, there are now four visible planets in the southeast before sunrise, sketching a beautiful line. Venus, the brightest, Mars, Saturn, and Jupiter, which is very bright and lowest in the sky. Venus and Jupiter just had an inspiring conjunction. And coming up, Jupiter will approach and then pass Mars on May 29th for some more incredible stellar fun. Let's rock it out to Jupiter with the little Skywatcher spaceship to join NASA and JPL's Juno Orbiter. The spacecraft which entered orbit around Jupiter in 2016 is the first explorer to peer below the planet's dense clouds. Now in an extended mission phase, the distant planetary orbiter continues to amaze. A Juno image of Jupiter during the last summer flyby shows the white ovals known as Jupiter's string of pearls. And the voyage continues way out in space. And the star that makes it all go in our solar system has been showing off lately. From our own sun, a sunspot just fired off a different kind of solar flare on May 10th, and it's huge. Scientists are keeping an eye on the sunspot that fired off an X-class flare. And according to spaceweather.com, scientists are seeing something different with this flare that pointed its blast toward Earth. The flare was caught by a camera on NASA's Solar Dynamics Observatory and spurred a radio emission alert by the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration, or NOAA, and a reported shortwave radio blackout in the Atlantic Ocean region, having an effect. This flare's polarity is the reverse of what scientists expected, so we'll keep an eye out for some possible aurora action on the Earth. And way out in space, listen to the echoes of black holes chowing down on stars. A new study identified eight previously unknown echoes from nearby black hole X-ray binary systems in the Milky Way and turned these echoes into sound waves. And intriguingly, these echoes reveal hints about the role of black holes in galaxy evolution. The gravitational pull of a black hole is so strong that not even light can escape. When a black hole feeds on this material, it produces bursts of bright X-ray light that bounce and echo off in the falling in gas. Here's what it sounds like. It's 
It's many cultures, one sky. Let's travel to the South Pacific and the Gilbert Islands, where my, my dad was stationed in the Navy for a little bit. People who live on Kiribati, one of the Gilbert Islands in the Central Pacific that straddle the equator, say the sky is their house. They segment the sky house, Uma Ni Maru, into named zones formed by slicing the sky dome several times in the east-west vertical direction and segmenting it with another set of lines running parallel to the horizon. They call the vertical lines ridge poles, those are the north-south meridian passing overhead, and rafters, which are small circles, and they liken the horizontal arcs to crossbeams. They locate a star by its position in one of a collection of imaginary architectural boxes that partition the cosmic domicile. Carbatians use the sky house analogy not to just locate stars, but also as a seasonal clock. When the Pleiades reach the first cross beam in the east at an hour before sunrise, they know that the sun lies at the June solstice, which times the beginning of the wet season. A similar sighting of Antari signals the arrival of the sun at the spring equinox. So keep looking up, look around, and get lost in space. Skywatcher Leo T. Thank you, Leo. Volunteer contributor on Punk Rock Farmer Friday, Al Dine. That lunar eclipse coming up Sunday evening into Monday. And I want to thank Master Kennedy for rolling with it and doing uh, live vocals because we realized we had just the backing tracks there for a second, right? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I loved it. It was great. I love the fact that I was creative with it, and that's the whole song. Yeah. It was very real, man. It was really cool. But we, <laughs> we got out the hard drive, and we're getting the songs all uh, all loaded up again. We got two more cuts this hour. You'll hear more from Sweet. Master Kennedy and the energy in studio tonight. Next week, we're going to have our first live band that's moving into the studios. This is exciting news. Yeah, so uh, hopefully we can have you back with the full band and play live one day too, okay? It'll be awesome. Right. I'm looking forward to yeah. it. Yes. My band's already wanted to do something like that today, but we yeah, we are very passionate for it. We will do it. We'll have you back for sure. All right, so the Utah Fungi Fest starts tonight. In fact, as we speak, they're over there at Mountain West Cider with their kickoff event about psychedelic medicine. But tomorrow, it's a day of conference at the uh, Mountain America Expo Center from everything from using mycelium to build things to whole plant wellness. And then on Sunday, some uh, forays out into the wild to uh, forage for mushrooms. And I spoke about it earlier this week with Jamie Bongfiglio. And here's that conversation about the Utah Fungi Fest. Is this officially the, the first or is it the second? I mean, COVID, I couldn't remember what happened. <laughs> well, again, I was trying to plan this for four years. I had it originally at the Gallivan Center, canceled, then went to the West Mountain Cider. We were going to do it last time I spoke to you. We were going to do it there. And then COVID happened. So then I canceled that. And so this is officially the first ever festival. It's just taking years <laughs> to make it finally happen. Well, that is some commitment there, Jamie. So tell us what's happening even as we speak, because this is airing on our Friday night with Punk Rock Farmer. And at seven oh, o'clock, cool. you're kicking it off with a really cool opening event at Mountain West Cider. Yeah. So we have um, a film debate, uh, a film screening, screening of called Psychedelia. It's about psychedelic medicine and history. So we'll be, we'll be doing the film screening and then we'll have a panel discussion after of top people in the psychedelic industry that have been helping across the board right now with like decriminalization, understanding psychedelics, understanding clinical aspects to ceremonial. So we really just want to 
educate people on psychedelic medicine in a way that's not like, hey, just go take this and go run out in the desert, right? There's a lot more to it. So Friday night is all centered on that. And then Saturday, which by the way, Friday night is almost sold out. We only have 150 tickets available and I believe we're about 120 right now. So we're really excited about that. And then Saturday is just a full day from 10 to seven kid-friendly family um, with academic speakers from across the US and here locally talking about different things with mushrooms to you know, environmental, to soil composition, to medicinal, to also again, psilocybin. I mean, we will have some psychedelic information on Saturday, but again, we wanted it more catered to Sunday and 21 and older because I didn't really feel like it was a kid appropriate seminar, right? Yeah. That it needed to be more for adults. Um, but Saturday will be uh, just one presenter after another, all about mushrooms from all aspects of why fungi is so cool, you know, to how it helps our body. Um, there'll even be a craft table that Inner Mountain is putting together. That's a local mushroom farm that people can, the kids can come and make their own mushroom reefs and ornaments or whatever. So we're just really trying to get the community involved in like why mushrooms are so great. And then Sunday, the Mushroom Society of Utah has stepped up, which I'm so grateful for this. And they are hosting five or six different forays in the Valley that you can sign up on our website or even on theirs that will be taking them out, collecting local mushrooms and in, in, in the species here in Utah, getting to know the woods. And then we'll have a closing ceremony at the mobile Moon Mobile Co-op out in West Valley that will also take the mushrooms back and do some, you know, research and then just a closing ceremony. I'm looking at the forays you can sign up for on your website. Mm -hmm. There's one in Cottonwood Heights, Provo, Bountiful, Ogden, Fruit Heights, Salt Lake, Salt Lake and Payson. So lots of different yeah. places to go and forage for mushrooms. And I really love that you're yes. finally getting this off the ground. What are your oh, hopes? Gosh. What are your hopes know, for this right? moving forward? What do you want to see happen? Um, how I'd like to see this happen every single year. Uh, eventually, I'd like it to turn into a nonprofit. My company, Whole Sun Wellness, has the main sponsor. I've been funding the whole entire event. But years moving forward, I would love it to be a nonprofit. I'd love to get sponsors and have a committee, a board that each person can put their ideas in and just make this a true community event. Because I mean, I, I, we've talked about this before, but in society right now, I mean, mushrooms are globally well known, but here in North America, we're seeing about an $80 billion growth just in functional foods, functional medicinal mushrooms. And that's how like my other company, that's a mushroom company, we've been seeing this trend. And so now all of a sudden it's like also people are wanting to learn more about mushrooms. They want to use them again for their health. They want to use it out in their garden, building sustainable material. You can take mycelium blocks and they're stronger than concrete blocks. So there's just all this really cool stuff. And Utah is growing a lot with mushroom lovers. The Mushroom Society of Utah told me that they are getting so many members signing up. It's like to the point where they're like, how are we going to keep up with all these people? Because Utah is growing so much with all these people that are just like, we love mushrooms. We want to learn, cultivate, all of that. 
Well, where can people catch up with you, uh, get involved in what you hope will be this nonprofit, but definitely attend the festival this weekend? So they can go to the utahfungifest.com to get all the information. They can sign up there for the forays, buy their tickets. And then also the Facebook and Instagram page. They can also connect with Mushroom Society of Utah to sign up for these events as well. And then after the conference, if people are wanting to help with the following years to come, we will be putting out application, like an application process um, right after the event that will come through the Utah Fungi Fest you know, website as well. And so that would be a way if they want to participate in future events and be a part of this movement, then yes, they would just sign up that way. But if they just want to get involved in the community, the Mushroom Society of Utah is amazing. And the two girls that are now running that group, they are just awesome. They, and they're doing a lot more community events, having more speakers come in, doing forays all the time. So it's a really good organization to support here in Utah. Well, Jamie, thanks so much. Best of luck with the first, hopefully, annual Utah Fungi Festival. Thank you so much. You have a great day. And again, Jamie Bonfiglio of the Utah Fungi Festival finally got it off the ground. I remember before COVID, Al, we were having her on. She was very excited, and it was literally right on top of that. And uh, she's had to postpone it for two years. Great that they're doing it. Tonight they kicked it off, no, correctly. Right, over at Mountain West Cidery. And again, all day tomorrow at Mountain West Expo Center. And then Sunday you can find, sign up for the foraging with the Utah Mushroom Society. There's like seven different hikes you can go take with them around the Wasatch Front, folks. That's and what then, I got my little book. What, this okay, what's is, this book? This book is All That the Rain Promises and More. And the guy, David Aurora, um, my friend Tom uh, King, the yeah. fig guy from from over in Rose Park, he gave me this. He said, this is... This is the one this to forage with? This book made me very, very <laughs> happy. <laughs> we still got Master Kennedy on deck with another song and his band to introduce, but I have another conversation I wanted to share with you from earlier today. The native-led nonprofit Salt Lake City Air Protectors. Al, you're familiar with them, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, they're hosting their third annual Running as Medicine Prayer Run going on now. So indigenous runners traveling more than 360 miles over five days joined by runners from local communities along the way. And in fact, you can join them. And you can find out here in this conversation with Victoria Mesa, a prayer runner this year for the first time. Hi, Victoria. How are you? I'm all right. How are you today? Doing well. So this is your first year as a prayer runner. Why is this important to you? And what's your connection? So it's important to me because um, it's a piece of my culture running in, in regards to my indigenous cultures um, that I haven't had a chance really to participate much in. And I have been more involved in advocacy work since I've graduated from university. And so being able to have the time and the resources now to, to take the time to, to be a part of this event has been very meaningful and has taught me a lot. What is your indigenous heritage and what was it like to uh, start down there at the base of Bears Ears National Monument? Yeah, so I am Navajo, Assiniboine Sioux, and Peruvian. And it was very meaningful to start at Bears Ears. I, um, so I 
served a mission in that area. And my mother was a part of Utah, Utah Dinamikia when they were originally protecting that area to be a, um, a national monument. And so for me, that area just holds a lot of meaning and care and um, closeness. It's a traditional gathering place for a bunch of tribes, the Hopi, Diné, Ute, Paiute, and Zuni, and also where it's going to end at Warm Springs tomorrow is of historical and cultural significance to the Ute, Paiute, and Shoshone. I only know this because of the press release you all <laughs> sent me. This is not information that is at my fingertips, but you had mentioned that you had served in a mission. I'm taking that uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yes, yes, and, sorry, I should have clarified that. And now there is this aspect of your heritage all coming together. Is there anything you'd like to tell our listeners about how something like this 360-mile prayer run can bring cultures together? Yeah, of course. I think that there is power in learning about cultural traditions that are traditional. Um, and for me specifically, um, it has helped me feel closer to my ancestors and the things that they practiced. And so taking part in this program that is meant to um, sort of reflect what my ancestors did and to connect with other indigenous people who that's their whole lives has taught me a lot about what it means to live my heritage. Um, You know, it's, it's really incredible to me to be able to learn that these traditions have always been a, been a part of our people and that we have survived and been resilient for this long, despite, um, despite colonization um, looking to take these things away from us. Now, I understand there's a theme this year, healing our mother, healing ourselves, and and uh, running at, at, at the heart of perhaps um, indigenous communities as a, as a medicine. Have you been feeling that over the last couple of days? Yes, actually. Um, so something that has been really meaningful to me um, has been learning more about about the earth recently. I'm also taking part in a project for Art Access Utah called Environmental Ecologies. And um, and so learning more about what's happening currently and taking the time this week to run to heal the earth. Um, it's, it's been a lot to me. And then specifically the other day, I think it was, yes, <laughs> it was yesterday. It was our longest run. And um, it was for an elective price, which altogether is 115 miles. And, you know, we did divide it amongst the runners because that is a long way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I really made an effort, a a more concerted effort, because that is a long way. And I was like, I cannot rely on my own (laughs) limited abilities because I'm human. And I made an effort to connect with that spiritual aspect of the run. And adding like making a more concerted effort to connect the two helped me i don't know how to describe it but being able to run that far and to 
have it done in a timely manner was incredible and um, really helped me understand the purpose of why we do this. And that, um, that these efforts are not fruitless, that we can advocate for the earth and heal ourselves in the process. So this is the third annual Running as Medicine Prayer Run going on now. And then tomorrow, Victoria, I understand you're inviting folks to meet the runners, yourself included, at Murray Park at 11 a.m. and then join in for the final leg to Warm Springs Park on the north end of Salt Lake City. And there will be a celebration when you get there. Yes. Um, we're really excited. I think that you know, like it's cool being back in an area that I, you know, that I'm familiar with, that I'm around weekly, daily. <laughs> um, but I think being able to complete the run in its entirety will feel amazing. And being able to have local community members join us will help make this the celebration reflect a a sense of kinship with between us. Um, it's it's really it's really beautiful how these um, you know physically strenuous events bring us together, and that we can practice um, loving each other and helping each other improve the community community that we live in. And that is first-time prayer runner Victoria Mesa, who is taking part in the third annual Running as Medicine prayer run that uh, ends at Warm Springs Park tomorrow around 1 p.m. For details and how you can join this last leg starting at Murray Park around 11 a.m. tomorrow, Al, folks can just check the show notes. We'll get posted here a little while after the show. I'm Laura Jones. This is Punk Rock Farmer Friday on Radioactive. Al Dine, we got Jonathan Kay coming up for the Urban Farm Report. Yes, I'm really excited. But first, we need to meet the band here with Master Kennedy and the Energy. How you doing? Yes. We are doing fantastic. All right. It's a great day to be out here. The sun is really, the the weather is really nice out there. I recommend everybody to go outside and enjoy it. You know, it's really amazing. Great to be here at KRCL. All right. So you call folks out and have them step up to the mic and introduce themselves. Tell us a little bit about what they play, what they do, what they sing. Yes, yes. We do have uh, DJ Napo, which is my manager right now. DJ Napo, step up. DJ Napo. Hey, yo, hey, I'm DJ Napo. And you know about all the gigs coming up for the energy, yes. right? Yes, I do. And so, uh, Master Kennedy and the Energy. First of all, Master Kennedy is playing Juneteenth at the yes. Gallivan Center. That's more a solo gig. So, DJ Napa, what's coming up with the band? Um, we have stuff coming up at Liquid Joe's in July. And then we have um, stuff coming up again at Hawks Wallow in July 21st. So stay tuned and then follow us. Follow Master Kennedy on social media. We post everything on social media. I do reggae Mondays at Johnny's. So if you want a cool reggae, come to Johnny's. You Very see cool. DJ Napo. Johnny's on second? Yes, Johnny's on second. All right, there you go. All right, so Inkachi, right? Yes. Hi. Hello. How you doing? I'm amazing. How are you? <laughs> doing well. Just found out you're about to drop your own single, and you're going to come back Monday and share it. Yes, that with us. I'm going to share it. It's with an artist named Sebastian mm -hmm. and I, and it's called Got You, and it's like an Afro housey kind mm -hmm. of a beat. And yeah, Very cool. 
But in the meantime, Master Kennedy, you did this album and then you assembled the band. Yes. For the last like six years, I've been working in solo because I was trying to get myself ready before you know, I introduced myself to people in Salt Lake City. I started to work on my album with people that's back in the Congo, some people in Nigeria, some people in Uganda, and you know, amazing talented people. And I felt like I was ready like a year ago, you know. I got everybody together. I was like, yeah, I already have an album, I already have a project, and let's get together and start making music. And thank God those people was ready, you know. <laughs> now we are together, we're really making it out there, we're pushing it out there together. It's, it's just an amazing thing that never happened to my life. And James is with you on this one, just like he was when he came in a couple of weeks ago yes. with Onkosi Afrobeats. So how you doing? Doing great. My name is James. I spit flames. I take aim to explain where the truth lay in the yeah. cut like a DJ. And my last name is Barry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's part of what you'll get with the whole Master Kennedy and the energy experience. And Inkachi, I and I know, is it your brother or your brother-in-law that's on the camera? That's my brother-in-law. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got a task to do unless he wants to step up to the mic and say hello. No, he's good. Um, <laughs> hey, I do have this guy. I do have this guy. All right, one more. He's, he's a businessman. He's running a lot of business. I want people in Solik to get to know him. Thank you, know, thank you, Hal. Thank you, Laura, for this opportunity. Mm -hmm. Now it's people in Solik, they're going to know this man. Come on, introduce, introduce yourself. Introduce yourself. Hey, Carousel. Uh, my name is Mike. Uh, we work on importing coffee from Kenya. We work oh. with the farmers and bring it all, all the way here to Utah so that Utah has a taste of Africa. So you're going to have to come back and talk coffee with the punk rock farmer and we growing it, right? We have to. Okay. Thank you. Absolutely. I'm up for that. Amazing. Tell us the story behind the song we're going to play next, Forever Forever. So Forever Forever, I was, uh, one time I was eight years old my daddy was like hey what do you want to do <laughs> what kind of school do you want to you know learn when you grow up i was like hey um i want to be a musician like you because my father used to write songs and used to uh, sing play guitar back in the congo he's like yeah music is good but it's kind of tough i think you should you know learn something before you jump into the music then i was like okay whatever I will, <laughs> I will get into something. I started to compete in January since I was really little, learning how to fix electronics and, and stuff. Then, um, then I was, I thought one time I heard my father having a conversation with, with his friend. They talk about, oh, you know, musician, do, do stay, live forever. You know, my dad is like, oh, that's why I love being a musician because if you make a song that you stay forever, people can, you know. <laughs> Then seven since that was stay my mind inspired me to stay a musician and I wanna live forever. Even after me, I want people to still listen to me, you know. As the song is called Forever Forever is on all platform right now, Master Kennedy. This This is Master Kennedy with the energy fresh and homegrown right here on KRC L ninety point nine FM with Forever Forever. Yeah, Mr. Kennedy. Forever, 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 forever,
Musicians, teachers, social workers, activists, and community builders for its summer camp sessions in June and July. Help girls, non-binary, and transgender youth learn an instrument and write a song with their bands. Volunteer details at rockcampslc.org. Support for KRCL comes from Mark Miller Subaru and their Love's Diversity Initiative. Mark Miller Subaru is a proud community partner of Project Rainbow. Spreading love together this Utah Pride Month. Learn more at projectrainbowutah.org or markmillersubaru.com. Welcome back to Radioactive on KRCL 90.9. I'm Laura Jones. Democracy Now! at 7, Not a Sideshow with Circus Brown at 8, followed by Friday Night Fallout at 10.30, Liquid Rhythms at 1, and Saturday Breakfast Jam at 7. Be listening tomorrow in the afternoon, I think at 1, we're doing a live broadcast, Al Dine, from Kilby Court Music Festival going on. So that's where your kids are right now, right? My kids are, <clears throat> they haven't <laughs> called me, so Things they okay? must be having right. fun. <laughs> Albine's Trick 9 Care, CL Punk Rock Farmer. Time for the Urban Farm Report. Jonathan Case with us. He hasn't been, we haven't talked to him in a few years. I know, uh, you know, you you go way back, and you've you've been around 30, more than 30 years gardening and farming, gardening over in the in the Rose Park area. But you actually have some punk rock roots, too. You know the food not bombs people, and yeah. and you've been to some desert shows too. <laughs> oh yeah, Kerry uh, Granger and the group, yeah, and then the Dwayne and Dwayne the Mountain Show. But Dwayne moved to Oregon. Yep. Yeah. Man, so been in the neighborhood now for since '86. And and so I I saw on your Facebook that um, you're the head of a hog farm now. Well, no, that's just <laughs> no, that's just. I just put that on there because of the fact that we have so much things going on now with yeah. with our culture and in response to our past president that it's kind of like my my joke on passing the don't pat cast your pearls upon the swine. Oh, there you go. Ah, <laughs> gotcha. But, 
<laughs> and and Jonathan so. never wanted to hold back your side of the story or your opinion. That's what we love about you. You shoot straight from the hip, and and it's great. It and it's great pickles. Yep. It's, it's because I'm old and crusty. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that, but you did. So I, and nothing has changed. Uh, the last couple of years, you know, some people have gotten the bug to grow some food a little more because there's been some shortages and this or that. But that's something you thought about a long time ago. You've been doing sustainable gardening stuff for eating your own food for a long time. Tell pe- folks a little bit about how you go about it. Well, the reason I got it in the first place was it came from my grandparents, and it was them. It wasn't sustainable. You grew it because you, to survive, to be alive. But I just, yeah, I slowly did it. Starting out, I mean, when I first moved to Salt Lake, I lived in apartments. I had one apartment where I talked the owner into let me put a garden in the backyard of the apartment building, and then next thing you know, a lot of the other people that lived in the apartment building were also gardening back there, and sooner or later. All the lawn was gone in that area for a while. Then I, I bought my first house and just slowly got rid of the grass. I mean, and so at both of our homes in Rose Park, there's no more grass. It's been gone for a long, long time. And so if you're going to use water, you might as well use it to grow something to eat. And since I don't have goats or cows or any pasture animals, the grass is kind of useless for us. So big backyard. I know you have a couple of homesteads yeah. now, and you have you have a couple of backyards where you garden. You used to even do some community gardening too. Yeah. But how much food are you growing? And tell folks a little bit about where what you do with it, and you you put it up. Yeah, we we average about five fifty six hundred jars alone of canning every year, and that's everything from sauces to to. Uh, Ketchup, vegetables, ketchup, marinara sauce. We do a lot of we do a lot of fermenting. Uh, we do a, a root cellar. So right now we have lots of onions still eaten from last year. Potatoes, squash. Uh, we freeze a lot of things. We right now we're actually we're, our first thing that we pick crop wise, if you call it a crop, is parsley, and and it, we have it sitting in air dryers and we're drying it. Obviously, fresh parsley is better, but at some point in time, it will go to seed. So we dry a lot of things too in, in solar dehydrators and also air dryers. So, so a little bit of all the different mediums, but but a lot of canning, a lot yeah. of a lot of work canning. Yeah, it's it's yeah. I mean, it's like I tell people I work with and people I'm around. You know, it's like yeah, it starts. It's until dark at night. It's just not. It's not for the timid, you know. It's like in <laughs> a lot of weekends. I mean, tomorrow morning I'll be up early working on things, and so yeah. And we got a lot. We got all our cool weather crops in right now. I mean, we're we're actually starting to do a lot more fermenting vegetables. Uh, just because uh, I like to taste of them. Yeah, you do. And, you do a mean pickle plate. I'm telling you. I yeah. remember. So with the weather, how it's been, it was really warm, and then I woke up in the middle of the night, and it was raining. Eugenie said she had snow in her yard. I'm guessing some folks planted after Mother's Day. Uh, yeah, I don't do it. <laughs> well, our tomatoes right now, I'm actually starting to harden them off. Well, luckily, we have a sun, sun house, a greenhouse that yeah. we grow them in. So they've gotten to the point now they're 30, to, 30 inches to 3 foot tall. So right now we're hardening them off at both places, and we'll be putting them in the ground sometime next week all right for the newbies al you guys got to explain hardening off and what your technique is so a little bit at a time if the sun the sun is not their friend right at the very beginning no no it'll just 
if you want to kill them, that's the way to do it. Just <laughs> put them right out into the sun. No, no, no. It's like I have them actually at both houses. They're sitting on the east side at one house on a deck and at the east side at our greenhouse on the other side. And so they're getting sun in the morning for three to four hours. When it's low still, too. Correct. Right? It's low and also, too, they're not getting that hot afternoon sun. Mm-hmm. So they're getting the morning sun. And so they'll be like that for, oh, about four or five days. And, and then I'll slowly bring them out into more sun. And then in a week's time, then I'll plant them out in the full sun. So about a week. You know, all the sales and everything, all the plant sales are Mother's Day, May 1st. Boy, you really, you got to take care of a plant. Uh, you can't plant it right outside. You just can't. The no. ones that have been in a greenhouse, um, they're, they haven't been getting this, the amount of real sunlight either, UVs and all that no, stuff. No, no, it's the fact that you're going through glass and there's so much there's so much sunlight is blocked, especially on the, our, our roof is a polycarbonate, so there's not as much, there's sunlight coming through, but not as, as harsh sunlight coming right. through. So you haven't planted your tomatoes yet. What are the temperatures you're looking for? Nighttime or daytime, Tabs? Oh, uh, night daytime I'm not too worried about. Nighttime is... You want it to be above 40. Like for a week? Yeah. I was like, well, I know. And it's like, we're going to have, yeah, just, they can they can, they can can take a little bit of a temperature. I noticed a 10-day forecast. All of a sudden, we're going to have this little drop in the temperature, and it might get actually get down to 36. And so I'm kind of. Telling you, because the snow I'm, in June again. Yeah. Well, it, and it can happen. And so you're out there running around trying to cover things up. Mm-hmm. It's, it, and, and with climate change, it's just. The, with the jet stream and everything, it's becoming more and more bipolar and making it a lot more difficult what so, you're doing. So uh, uh, covering, be ready to cover. What are you covering with? People use frost cloth, I know. Mm-hmm. That can be about a five or six degree yeah, it doesn't deterrent. Take that, it doesn't take that much. No. So there's that, that long-term forecast we're going to have is like 36, I think, in 10 days. If that happens, that could change like tomorrow. Right. Just any kind of plastic or anything. I, I just I just use anything I got. Yeah. I mean, a plastic has got an R factor of of about two. Which, <laughs> Not much. But it's just, it's enough. Well, it's enough is the fact that during the day, you're getting heat off the soil on the yeah. ground. And so that's just keeping some of it there. Obviously, it you don't do want to run out after dark and do this. You want to no, do no, no. This. You want to do it while there's still some ground temperature. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And so that's enough just to keep it above that. It's not going to. It's you know, if, if it as long as it's above freezing, it's not going to kill the plant. But then at the same time, it causes it to suffer a little bit. Right. You know, you t- you talked a little bit about some cold weather things that you have in. I have cabbage in. It's been in a month or so um, under a hoop for a while, but then I took it off. It wasn't under the hoop for very long. It's been warm. It's fairly warm in the spring. And um, uh, kale and, and cabbage and chard and some lettuce, you can plant those things pretty early. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, right now we have some onions at Homestead 1 that are starting to flower. It's a super sugar snap. They were put in February, last week of February. And then the other onions at the other house were put in in March, unfortunately, because they, it also depends when you're growing things in the city, you can get little microclimates of temperature. So like the ones that, are, the first piece that we put in are alongside the, the garage, that temperature was higher because you got a little sunlight radiating off of the uh-huh, building. The, side of the, the ground was thawed out. Where, where I put the peas at the other house, where we have a lot more. We put in 250 feet of peas, but 
the ground was still frozen harder than the back of my head. Aren't onions one of the longer things that take, though, longer to maturity? They're one, they take a minute, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they 60 days. So, And that's becoming harder and harder with climate change because you got to get them to the ground early. But at the same time, when we start getting those hot temperatures in June, a lot of times, every time I got peas now anymore, I'm covering it with shade cloth. Right. Just to keep some of the heat off right. of them. What is shade cloth? I mean, can I use my shade sail? Uh, I, I bought it through a couple different places online, uh, and it comes in different percentage of, uh, of, of, of shade. So most of mine are between 40 and 50%. It's, it's usually, it's a, it's a polypropylene product that actually can take a lot of sunlight and doesn't deteriorate. There's a lot, most of your plastics, you put them out in the sun, they get sun rot and they're yeah. gone. It's like, you just take ordinary plastic, you leave it outside, It'll and it's just like, right mm, down. it's gone real quick. Mm, the, one I, the one that I have is, uh, it's kind of a web. It's yeah. kind of webbish. Let some light in, but looks not. Like a, looks, like your, looks like your window screen, but. Right, but bigger yeah, holes. But a lot bigger. And then, you know, we live in the desert, and uh, I know you want to talk about water. Uh, the let we're in it. We've been in a drought cycle forever. Mega drought going and, on. And um, maybe this year we've seen a little bit more water in the spring than some a- at least. Actually, this year, I we have a uh, Davis Instruments weather station. It records year after year, lots of things: soil temperature, mm-hmm. uh, uh, solar radiation, water, wind, all these things. So far this year, we've gotten four inches in in five tenths of an inch last year by this time i think it was 8.87 inches oh really so in the city right now we are at half of what the water that we had last year we had cooler temperatures this spring which has been nice because uh our rainwater system at one house is completely full but it's just barely completely full and in past years it would be overflowing and we'd be recharging some of the the ground as it is and right now we're at about 12 percent moisture content which is fairly low uh-huh. yeah they've been telling us don't water your lawns and farmers are having to cycle a little bit more it's, differently out there well you look parts. at i mean i work in park city and i drive by the jordanelle and it's like can anybody boat in that thing well you can boat in it but right now i haven't seen it that low since it was filled and you've seen Lake Powell, right? Oh, I've seen pictures of it, yeah. And East Canyon Reservoir, they're all very, very low. And, yeah, the Salt Lake City's doing a good job right now because they're trying to get people to rip off their park strips. And grass, I've always been one that's not, grass is for parks and for pastures. Yeah. I remember, and, it, and it's like, but now one thing that's kind of scary is people are going from the grass to the opposite thing and putting gravel in. And the heat factor on the streets. Oh yeah, out. it's it's gravel is carbon negative. Uh, I've got a thermal imaging thermal imaging gun that uh, does infrared, and it's like the difference between the temperature with that gravel and then your concrete sidewalk is within a couple of degrees. So, so what do you, you might recommend? as well just put concrete. Yeah. Well. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just being sarcastic. But <laughs> what do you recommend for turning it into a foodscape? Actually, one of the best place to go is you go to the Jordan yes. Park Conservatory. And they have set up there different amounts of water. Different uh, And different vegetation yeah. for all those different amounts. So it's one of the best places to go because that way, also too, we, we had this big storm that took down all these trees, especially in Rose Park. And it's like, 
I couldn't actually get out of my neighborhood for three hours because there was every street I went down, there was a tree down. But now all those trees are being replaced. But unfortunately, everybody's putting gravel in, and then the tree's not getting watered. And the it's difference cooked. And the difference between a tree-lined street and a street that doesn't have trees in is about 20 to 30 degrees in the summertime. Mm-hmm. And well, also... Speaking of which, folks, check the website, carestale.org. We're doing our tree planting on Monday 5 at Day Riverside Library. There's uh, info on the website about where to meet up. Sorry about that. Go ahead. No, but one <laughs> thing good about those trees, in both of our properties in the front yards, we have, tr- well, it's all fruit trees. But underneath them, we have strawberries. We have currants. We have rhubarb. We have all this undergrowth that's around there that's also shaded, shaded yeah. from the trees, which wouldn't grow as well. And yeah, we're we we're one house is completely to drip irrigation. The other one we're trying to get to it, but you can only do so much without water. And we need to. There's things that we need to do. Yeah, I know. Also, out at that, um, out at the Jordan River, uh, the Jordan Conservancy, you're talking about the water, the water people. There's a they have a catalog of thousands of plants that are water wise. So you don't have to put gravel. You can put no. water wise plants. It's amazing. Some things like. One of the most drought-tolerant things that people wouldn't realize that you can put in your yard, you can put spring bulbs in, uh-huh. tulips, daffodils, because the fact that they, they, they come up in the spring, that's where their water comes from, and then they go dormant, they're good for the summer, and then they come back in the spring. There's a lot of things you can plant that okay. are very water-wise. Well, you know, I remember two years ago... You were prepping some new buildings, outbuildings, et cetera. And so I take it those are online now. And uh, we hope to have you back now that we're yeah. back live, checking in throughout the, the growing season. Yeah. Sound good? Sounds great. Al? I'm excited. Okay. Always love to have you, my friend. Well, it's like this is all shiny and new in here. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and uh, especially have you back during pickle season because I'm telling you. That man's a mean picture. Thank you so much. <laughs> We're going to swap you out and get one more song yeah. here from our featured artist tonight. And while that's happening, I uh, just want to let folks know that next week we're going to try a live band. Hopefully it all works, Aldine. I'm sure I'm happy about that, too. That'll be great. It's been re- way too long. Now, if folks want to come on the show as a punk rock farmer or as some fresh and homegrown music, how can they do that? You can find me on Instagram or you can find me at Facebook, Punk Rock Farmer. You can email me at punkrockfarmer23 at gmail. So we have time for one more song with Master Kennedy and the energy. Where can folks get these songs that you've shared with us tonight? Because this is just out, right? Yes, yes, yes. This song is called Yes, We Are. This song was inspired by how beautiful and nice people are in Utah. So um, nine years ago, I moved to Utah. A good friend of mine introduced me to KRCL radio. So I was listening to it. I was not I was a musician still but I was going to school. I was not ready to be in the public making music. But I started listening to KRCL. For real I was really, really inspired for what you guys do here. You know, helping a local musician and local businesses and, you know, hey, it inspired me. And I came up with this song it's called Yes We Are. I wrote it not too long ago. But yes, we are. You know, no matter what you're doing, remember you have a life to live. Remember you deserve to be alive and um, live like everybody. So go listen to this song. It's called <laughs> Yes, We Are. It's on social media everywhere. 
iTunes and everywhere. Right, we'll put links right in the show notes, including yes. uh, how folks can follow you and get details Thank about you. those gigs. You'll be at Juneteenth. Sure. You got the Hogs Wallow coming up, yes. and DJ Napa. Where are you? Where do you DJ again? What night? I DJ Mondays at Johnny's on Second. All right, so go check that out too. Aldine, yes. you want to do the honors? Sure. This one is Yes We Are, and this is a, a Master Kennedy and the Energy right here, fresh and homegrown on KRCL ninety point nine FM. All right, keep on growing, folks. See ya. See ya.
KRCO, Salt Lake City. KRCO would like to say thank you to Pantry Products, Bad Dog Arts, and The Printed Garden for issuing challenge grants during our spring radiothon. And thank you to our many listeners who showed their support as well.